Welcome to the Mindset Mama podcast. I am your host, Kayla Crawford. I am a wife, mother to a toddler, and expecting baby number two. I am extremely passionate about empowering women to become the best version of themselves. You are in the right place if you desire to learn the tools to become the woman and mother you have always aspired to be. You are worthy of living as your highest self throughout all the transitions in your life, especially motherhood, and I'm going to show you how to do so. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Mindset Mama podcast. I am your host, Kayla Crawford. And if you're new here, welcome. I'm so grateful that you press play today. So on today's episode, I have my dear friend Allie on to have a conversation about her homeschooling journey. Allie is a 29-year-old single mother to Ren who just turned nine. Allie started a career in real estate at the age of 21, then went on to open a yoga studio, which has closed since COVID. Upon closing the studio, Allie switched gears and began to homeschool her daughter and work full-time in real estate again. Over the past two years, Allie has learned so much about her own inner world, and she's also learned how to shift perspectives and see the world as a whole in a brand new way. This is Allie's story through transitioning from business owner to full-time homeschool and work mom, and so much more. Allie invites us to welcome a world full of change, possibility, and faith among it all. I know you guys will love this episode with Allie. She has so many nuggets of wisdom to share. So let's get right into today's episode. Allie, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I'm so excited to talk homeschooling with you today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. The first question I want to ask you, and I'm sure everyone is wondering, is what made you start thinking about homeschooling? My daughter did preschool. She went two or three days a week, and that was just half days, so that was really easy as far as school went. And then when kindergarten started, it was full days, so she got on the bus at 8 a.m., and she got home at about 4.30. And I just started noticing that I had a little ache in my heart, like during the days I just missed her. I mean, kindergarten, you know, they're still really young. Is that like five-ish? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like five. So I just had this little ache in my heart, and I definitely kind of pondered homeschooling, although it didn't fully conceptualize. It was just a thought. And then COVID happened, and I had no other option but to homeschool and have Ren back with me full time. From there, it felt really good to have her back. That was in 2020, like when the whole world pretty much shut down, and then... We were feeling really isolated and I did make the decision to keep her out of school for the next year. I made the decision to keep her out of school for 2021 just because where the world was at at that time. Yeah, I just made the full commitment to homeschool 2021, see how it went and change life up like it was for everybody. Life just started changing. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like everyone definitely started looking at their lives and making shifts because once you got to slow down a little bit, it's easier to do some self-reflection and become a little more self-aware of what really aligns with you. So Mm -hmm. that's super interesting. I feel like I never even thought of homeschooling until that whole thing happened. And Mm -hmm. I saw so many families thriving through it. So Mm -hmm. it's been very inspiring and interesting. Yeah, and actually... I owned a yoga studio, so I was working full-time, so I actually had to make the decision to close my small business and just jump into homeschool 100%, so... That's incredible. Yeah, it was a really big change all around. How hard was that decision for you? 
it was really hard, but we both talked about it and she felt like she'd have a really hard time going to school, sitting six feet away from other kids, going to recess and sitting in a circle like six feet away from other kids, wearing a mask the whole day, sanitizing throughout the day. It just was something that didn't resonate with either of us and motherhood always comes first. So a business was secondary to that and my daughter needed me and we needed to make some life changes and I just fully jumped in and knew that, you know, the universe would guide and support us through that. That's amazing. That's so inspiring. Yeah. You're such a good mom. (laughs) So what was your family's response to all of this? I know you're a single mom, but Mm -hmm. what was your parents' reaction or the people closest to you? Were they a little confused or worried about certain things? I know a lot of people talk about what about their socialization and all that stuff? So what Mm -hmm. was their response? Yeah, so that's a great question because most of the time, you know, you'll have your significant other, your partner, who you're going to talk about to make the decision to either homeschool or send your child to a private school or whatnot. But in this situation, I had myself and I have my family. My mother helps me a lot with Ren. So we did talk about it and I work in real estate. So obviously I would need help babysitting when I had showings and whatnot. And she agreed. She fully supported me, which was great. And I was really able to weave in homeschooling from 8 a.m. till about 11.30. And then we would have our free time with our friends after that. And I would schedule work appointments after that. So just creating that schedule having my family support me. It looked weird. It definitely looks weird to people who don't understand. It's like, I could never do that with my kid or whatever, but it's all how it feels to you and your family or your partner. Yeah, that's super interesting. So what would you say to someone who is feeling called to homeschool, you know, but they say things like, I can't, I have other obligations, there's no way I could do that. How would you recommend someone navigate those feelings and trust their intuition? Yeah, I think it's a lot about surrendering because when you do decide to homeschool, there's a lot of sacrifice because you have your child 24-7. So there is a lot of sacrifice as far as committing to being the teacher, being the parent, making the dinner, still working full time. I would tell somebody that had interest in it but was overwhelmed to just sit with it for however long they need to and see what their life would look like a little bit different because different is okay. And if you're feeling called to homeschool, just get curious about that feeling, you know, allow it to present itself and try to imagine your life in a different way because you're going to be fully supported any way you go. There's nothing to fear. That's amazing. That's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd have a great response. <laughs> so how did you start connecting to other homeschool families? Yeah, that's another really good question. So in the beginning, when 2020 first happened, it was, oh, school's going to be closed for two weeks. So everybody was, oh, you know, this is just a quick little mm-hmm. thing and we're going to be back. And then when the two weeks extended another two weeks and then a month and then just kids weren't going back, I believe it was July um, of 2020 where I made a Facebook group called Wild and Free Homeschoolers of the South Shore. And I started posting on like public you know, Facebook pages. Hey, I just created this homeschooling group. If anyone's interested in homeschooling next year, like let's connect, let's talk, let's meet up. And instantly I started getting like really great feedback. People were joining the group. People were interested in homeschooling. And these are like my neighbors. Like they live like a couple streets down. And it's like, I just immediately started 
meeting up with people. We went to, um, my friend Jen and I went to Buttonwood Zoo together with our daughters and just talked and the girls played. And it was just great to also get out during that time of COVID when everything, you know, a lot of people were staying in. It was like, let's continue to connect and let our children play and grow and be kids. Just living the life of your own vision yes. as opposed to what's the fear being projected, like breaking out of that and cracking the shell open for other people too. Like, hey, it's safe out here. And like, yeah. we still love life and we're <laughs> still going to have a great time. Um, so yeah, I started connecting with people right away and I definitely encourage anybody, say you just have a smaller child who's not even school age yet and you feel closed off. I definitely recommend go on your town Facebook page and just create an event, like create playground meetup for kids two to five on Tuesday morning. Mm. And even if it's one response, that's one soul that wants to connect with you. Like, Yeah, that's incredible. Because yeah. I know a lot of moms that I've talked to recently, I have some women that I grew up with and I wasn't really friends with them growing up, but we kind of started bonding over motherhood. Mm. And a conversation we have a lot is, it's so hard to make friends. It's so hard to make friends. And it's like, mm. okay, like, why don't we actually just like meet up? You yeah. know? And a lot of moms... I feel complain about not having friends, but they don't really take the initiative to mm -hmm. do things like that. So mm -hmm. I think that's incredible that you started that Facebook group and mm -hmm. really just started setting a good example mm -hmm. for like, hey, we can do this. Mm -hmm. You can meet like-minded mm -hmm. friends as a mother, mm -hmm. a homeschooling mother at that and single mother mm -hmm. and still you know, live your life and connect with other people. So yeah, that's like, super inspiring. People want to connect. People want to meet you. Yes. It's just that sometimes we have these rose colored glasses on mm -hmm. that it's the fear and it's the, I'm not going to be supported. And mm. what if they think this of me? Take those off because it's all love. And especially motherhood, it's such a great thing to connect upon. During this journey, I've literally made like lifelong friends. Yes. Like grandmothers that have custody of their grandchildren and you know, I'm at their house, we're having dinner, we're playing cards, the kids are playing, you know, different mothers choose to host like a four to six week outdoor learning series about science and the kids go off and play and like the mothers all connect. There's just endless possibilities, you know, get curious about the reason why you feel you're holding yourself back and right. just tell yourself this feeling is here, but what if I overcome it? What will happen? Wow. You know? I feel so motivated right now <laughs> because it's so easy to put yourself in a box yeah. like that and, you know, let the fear consume you. Yeah. And it's easy to think about all the negative outcomes, like, what if they don't like me? Or mm -hmm. what if my kid gets all messed up from not going to school because everyone has all these negative beliefs about their socialization mm -hmm. or whatever. But what if, what if it all does work out? Mm-hmm. That's such a good question to ask yourself. Mm -hmm. What if it all does work out? And it's worked out for me better than I could have ever even imagined. Right. Like, and that's usually what happens yeah. when you follow your heart and yeah. what's inside of you. Like I have a literal army of people that it's like, hey, I had this appointment come up. Can you take Ren? Drop her off now. Or like if my friend Julie is massaging people, it's like, yeah, Fee, you know, Fee can hang out with me all day. Oh. Like we're just So you there. just support each other. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's incredible. It's so inspiring. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is great. So, yeah. So a big question even I was wondering about this whole homeschooling process is how do you decide on a curriculum or a structure for homeschooling? Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
That's a great question too, because a lot of a lot of time it's I want my child to have this full education. I want them to be at the state standard. A question I got a lot was, how do you know your child's meeting these state requirements? Right, like are they just going to walk into school and not know anything? Mm. Um, and the thing that I've learned about my daughter learning in general is just that you'll learn as you go. There's no one specific curriculum or one specific way that's going to fulfill every need. It's almost like judging a fish's ability to swim by having it climb a tree. Like Mm. there's going to be some things that are different and that you'll have to veer away from. I really love the book, The Call of the Wild and Free by Ainsley Armet because she really breaks down the different styles of learning, um, the different curriculums there are. And there's a lot of families that will break up a curriculum into like, we're going to use this, we're not going to use that. There's obviously like religious-based curriculums, Mm -hmm. um, non-secular. What I found worked best for us was, and this is just part of who I am too, but it's getting out to museums and Mm. like what's something that she was curious about at the museum Egypt let's learn about Egypt for three months let's do like vocabulary let's do sentences let's do spelling based on Egypt words you know and there's a website called teachers pay teachers where you can actually go on you can type in your child's age or grade endless printouts for like 50 cents or a dollar on anything so I really like getting out into the real world and also going on nature walks there's an app called seek s-e-e-k and we love using that app we'll go on nature walks and just identify mushrooms Mm. for the day and then come home and all right your activity for today is to make like a nature little explore book and we'll print out the picture she'll write like the mushroom write what you know what it is and they're right there. It's vocab. It's writing. It's spelling. She's processing. She's using her hand to write. She's developing those muscles. So there's just so many ways to learn. Um, but I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in like the curriculum or the structure. Another thing I do love to do is order workbooks on Amazon's. The state's standard of spelling, mm. third grade spelling, and every morning just do that. And math every morning do that so i actually homeschooled kindergarten first grade second grade and this year we were looking at private schools and i took her to a private school and they had to do an assessment for third grade and i've just been in the dark like i haven't done any testing or anything and she went in and about an hour later i picked her up and the teacher came out and she was like she's incredible like she knows everything she loves to learn and she's right where we need her to be for third grade like perfect oh that made me emotional (laughs) and it made me feel so good because it's just like I've been in the dark like just doing the best I can but like as mothers as parents as grandparents or fathers whoever is entering this journey you do the best you can and that's all your child needs right it's probably so helpful to have your support like that too while she's learning because no one cares about your child the way you care about your child Mm. so she probably had the best support she ever could have had in those Mm -hmm. early stages of her life so that's incredible right and there's actually an incredible ted talks around homeschooling so definitely you know type in on youtube ted talks homeschooling there was one i watched and this man in particular said we have a phd in our own children like we raise them from newborn until you know their school age and by that point you know how they like to learn Mm -hmm. you know you know everything about them so tapping into like anybody can teach elementary one plus one two plus two we had a lot of fun too with just forming letters like kindergarten we would just spend one week let's do the letter a and like make fun things out of it i really enjoyed like the slow pace 
Yeah. Like it's not rushed and just taking the time. When you take time, like these concepts really sink into the children and it just becomes a way of life rather than, oh, I need to learn this because this letter because I'm being tested next week, you know? Yeah. And I feel like even just thinking about my inner child and going to school, I used to have such bad anxiety going to school because I'd be like, I have to sit there all day and be away from my family. I'm going to be so tired when I get home. I have to do all of these things when I was in first grade, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a lot for a little kid to handle Mm. being in school that long. And just, you know, there's some time that's wasted doing busy work. And it's really cool. If you're homeschooling, you can go out in nature and learn that way too. So, Mm -hmm. so what's been your favorite part about weaving homeschooling with motherhood? So weaving homeschooling with motherhood, I believe, like you said, getting back to that inner child and exploring the seasons. I think one of the biggest things, and we're in September right now, but I remember September, it was cold in the morning, I'd go to school, and then by the time I got out of school, it was hot. Mm. And then with my daughter, it was like just enjoying the full September day, like being outside, going to a zoo, going on a nature walk, meeting up with other families. And just fully immersing yourself like in whatever the climate is that day. Like if it's raining, go outside and learn about worms or find worms, you know? That's so cool. So I think one of my favorite things is really just getting rid of the labels and being Mm -hmm. myself and watching my daughter be herself. I noticed too when she was in in kindergarten, she kind of would come home and like, adopt like this new saying or like a new laugh and it was like I knew that wasn't her she was like picking it up from somebody like in school which is fine it's totally normal but it was also beautiful homeschooling these early years six seven eight years old and she's finding her own voice her Mm -hmm. own self rather than like you're in a class of 30 kids and you want to be like them because they you think they're cool or whatever it's just blossoming into who you are and watching my daughter blossom into who she is organically you know yeah that's incredible so I coached tumbling and I had private lessons with this one girl and she was probably about nine years old and I remember her mom signed her up for kind of an early like a 3 p.m tumbling slot and I was like oh did you get out of school early because usually school ends at three or whatever for mm-hmm. elementary age school kids and she's like I'm homeschooled and I'm like really and this girl is the most confident little girl I've ever met in my mm-hmm. life but not not like sassy confident like not overstepping she just felt so comfortable talking to me as an adult and mm-hmm. I thought that was so cool and I was mm-hmm. like you're homeschooled it was just reassuring because mm-hmm. I was always worried about, I keep saying this, but a lot of the naysayers, I guess, mm-hmm. would say like socialization and, mm-hmm. you know, t- speaking with other people mm-hmm. can kind of get hard to develop. But this little girl was just the most confident mm-hmm. person I've ever met in my life. And yeah. I think that's amazing because she probably was like Ren and she mm-hmm. just was able to learn who she was. Mm -hmm. before she started getting into sports and stuff like that and interacting with other adults like a coach like me Mm -hmm. yeah and I see that a lot too with our kids it's like I've never had anyone approach me and like say you know what about the social socialization but I've listened to enough podcasts and TED talks that that does come up 
And, you know, these parents are like, just go up to my kid and talk to them. Yeah. Like, have a conversation. And they do. And they're like, oh, my God. Like, how do they even know about all these things? And they can carry a conversation. Because another really cool thing about the Montessori and the Waldorf homeschooling system is you're in a classroom or you're outside of nature, you're learning with kids within like a three to four year age range. So Mm -hmm. the two-year-olds are learning from the five-year-olds. The five-year-olds are helping the two-year-olds. Like it's all ages kind of mixed together because in society, in life, that's what it is. Like, you know, even the kindergartner teaching something to the eight-year-old and vice versa. And I feel like with my daughter too, it's like we're talking to adults all day. Like Mm. we're talking to kids. It's just really diverse. And sometimes in school it's kids and kids, you know, which it's great socialization. But back to the question of like the favorite part of homeschooling, I love to travel a lot. So I think one of my other favorite aspects is getting out and traveling. My family goes to Naples in the winter. So we would spend like two or three months in Naples and I work in real estate, so taking a flight back for a couple of days if I need to for something or working really hard and taking a couple months off, like I was able to do that. And then also when we were in Naples, you know, exploring the different zoos, I remember we learned about the rainforest. So I went on Teachers Pay Teachers and printed out a whole curriculum on the rainforest. And there was a botanical garden. So we learned about all these wild native plants to Florida, to other countries. We went to a seashell museum and learned incredible things that I would have never learned otherwise. Mm. And so it's really just this expansion of the mind and what's possible. And I think rooting this in children when they're so young, like, hey, there's a whole world out there. I didn't really learn that there was a whole world out there until I was like a junior, senior in high school. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't even think I learned till after that. Yeah. And like, like you just get so caught up in your busy life and playing mm-hmm. sports or going to school and right. hanging out with your friends that yeah. all that kind of gets put to the side or Yeah. And parents get busy too with work and mm-hmm. coming home making dinner and like being stuck in the rat race, I guess. Mm-hmm. Everyone, including the kids that are in school, they kind of get into that busy 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 and there's mm-hmm. no time to just take a step back and you know, do different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So traveling was huge. And actually last year, I kind of went a different route of the traditional homeschool following like my workbooks and my curriculums. We went to Hawaii in February, and I stayed Mm -hmm. there a month. And again, like museums in Maui, I've learned, I learned incredible information. Humpback whale watches, just beautiful life that you learn so much from by being present and aware in the moment. And it's just really beautiful, you know? Yeah, that's um, incredible. We talk a little yeah. bit more about your trip to Hawaii because that was Yeah, so, cool. so we'll get into this later in the podcast. But I made the decision and my daughter and I actually made the decision together that she's now in a private school. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt that coming as the world transitions back to quote unquote normal or whatever. <laughs> um, I just saw my life shifting like, okay, you know, doing this 100% of the time as a single mom, I love it. But like, I also need space to find myself, you yeah. know? Um, so I took that trip to Hawaii just as a sacred trip to obviously see Hawaii who doesn't want to see Hawaii (laughs) but also to immerse myself I lived we actually lived on a permaculture farm and we lived with a farmer who's owned this permaculture farm for 50 plus years so there was 
20 plus avocado trees, 15 different types of mango, pineapple, uh, chickens, papayas, you know, every kind of fruit you can imagine under the sun. It was beautiful. And I connected with this farmer and it was a great learning experience. We, it was basically, you know, really simple chores. Like we would weed, we would take care of the chickens, but just to be in that culture and to experience and see like, wow, this man can feed himself off of his land and permaculture itself. It's just a really beautiful thing to learn about. It's creating like a biodiverse garden that doesn't always need to be weeded or watered. Like certain roots will store the water to nourish the other plants and the way the sunlight, you know, and trees shade other trees so that they can fruit more. Um, That was really beautiful to learn. And I feel like sometimes it doesn't even feel like learning. You're just immersing yourself in these beautiful experiences and it becomes a part of who you are. And then like, I'm expressing it to you. I'm sure you're inspired, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a fire in my heart and it's in my daughter's heart. And it was really, really beautiful. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So we were in Maui and then there was actually this other really nice man, Kieran, that lived on the farm. And he's like, does anybody want to do, you know, the big island this weekend? And I'm like, yeah, like let's split an Airbnb. (laughs) Let's split the car rental. And again, like when you surrender yourself and you stop putting limitations of what can go wrong, everything goes not only so right, but better than you could have ever even imagined. So true. Yeah. So true. You remind me of that often. (laughs) So true. That's amazing. And I I do feel like you learn better through experience experiences themselves. So Mm -hmm. like, I know for me, just sitting in a classroom with someone's just lecturing, I don't Mm -hmm. really, it's hard for me to, you know, absorb that. Mm -hmm. I learn better with my hands, like I probably would have done better in a vocational school or something like that. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's super interesting. And what an incredible experience for Mm -hmm. you and your daughter. Yeah. So awesome. Do you have any resources you found helpful with getting started on your journey with homeschooling and continuing? Yeah. So that book, Call of the Wild and Free by Ainsley Armet. So she actually created this website. I believe it's called Call of the Wild and Free or just wildandfree.com. But she has unlimited resources and she actually just purchased a big plot of land in Virginia where she offers like education to homeschool families and meetups and gatherings. And I love, love her material. Anything by her, I would say that alone and you're good to go. I also love Charlotte Mason. There's a quote by Charlotte Mason I love. Um, It's every day, every hour, the parents are either passively or actively forming those habits in their children upon which more than upon anything else, future character and conduct depend. So just like instilling habits, Charlotte Mason is great too. Like look her up. Um, Instilling habits like kind of got my daughter in this routine of reading in the morning and at a very young age and she'll still wake up. I sent you a picture. You sent me a picture. She's so adorable just reading. And you could tell she was just so happy and content. So I love habits. Um, That quote by Charlotte Mason, it's just the simplest quotes that can really stick with you. It's like, this is 10 minutes, 15 minutes of reading time. Like she'll sit there and read for an hour now. Oh yeah. Um, and like the nature walks, doing that at least a couple times a week. Like mm. I like to do it every day if it's, you know, permitted. I also love the book, The Wildest Colts Make the Best Horses by John Breeding. 
he was really, you know, a forerunner in the whole homeschool movement. I think he has a lot of videos on YouTube just about his history, but he was getting a lot of backlash because this is when homeschooling like wasn't a thing and parents were just going haywire. How could anybody do this and why would they do it? And his philosophy is really allow your child to be wild. Like allow your child to explore their creative freedom. Sometimes what the classroom can do is in a sense, it's almost dulling the kids down. So they sit and they listen mm-hmm. and they're all kind of okay. And if they're not, let's meet with the parent and get them on a medication, which okay, but let's look a little bit deeper. Like why does the, oh, because he won't sit still. Well, if he's not sitting still, it's almost, you know, like that quote, if a flower's not growing, are we just going to keep adding more water and expecting it to grow? Are we going to change the soil? Right. It's not, it, there's something in the environment that's not right for the student. And just because they're not falling in line with everyone else, like there are other ways. There's hope. Like this child is a magnificent genius in their own right. Yeah. Just because they're not like someone else. So his book really um, hits home on that. And I would say dive into the book or the audible of Wild and Free. Definitely my number one resource I could recommend. Very interesting. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. And that's so true about, you know, it's like the cookie cutter method to get all the kids mm-hmm. in school and the way they learn. Every every kid's different. Mm-hmm. Say a kid couldn't sit still in school. That, that could be their superpower. They could be, mm-hmm. you know, doing all of these different things. Yeah. And being active mm-hmm. in the world and changing the world for the better. But mm-hmm. we're like, we're just going to medicate them and make them try to sit still and fit in with the rest mm-hmm. of the crowd. Like that doesn't really resonate with me or make sense to me. Yeah. And Ainsley has a great perspective because she has a larger family. And I think mm-hmm. it's always so cool to see like a family where it's like four boys and two girls and they're all kind of like different ages. But yeah. I believe, you know, she did have a kid who hated to sit still. So mm-hmm. He would go off and he at home he would just make airplanes and he would engineer and he would do all these things and now he's grown up to be like this magnificent, you know, like engineer and it started off with like, oh, he can't sit still, he only wants to play with Legos. So if they did decide to make him like every other kid, would mm-hmm. he have found that passion? So I think a lot of it's nurturing those things that set us apart rather than trying to tame. And she also has a kid who's the complete opposite, loves to just sit there and get every piece of work done. And it's like, you know, they have their own special talents right. too. We need people like, we need all different yeah. kinds of people to make the world go around, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of different jobs out there for people to contribute to and mm-hmm. help the world grow and mm-hmm. thrive. So I just love the homeschool because you just get to, you know, look at your kids' strengths and mm. encourage them. Yeah, and I have a a good story. So my friend Kelly, who uh, she has her grandson, and she actually decided to homeschool because she got called in to school and the teacher said, isn't really doing well in math, he's falling behind, and we need you to do more at home or whatnot. And she went home and she knows his favorite subject is math. Like he talks about it, he loves math. And so she had a couple problems in front of him and he did them and she's like, so you do them here, like, honey, like, why don't you think you can do them at school? And he said, because it's too loud, there's too much going on, and I get really, really distracted. Oh, my God. And so she had the insight to know that he needs a quieter learning environment, Mm -hmm. which I think is really beautiful because she could have easily just 
written him off as he's not good at math and you right. know what I mean so she went back to the teacher and she told the teacher and for the remainder of the school year they actually like took him and a couple other kids who felt the same way in a smaller classroom where it wasn't so loud and they were wow. doing amazing so did the grandmother kind of start that for the other kids like did she open up that conversation for the teacher to have with the class like yeah. do you need more quiet time yeah that's literally. amazing <laughs> that's literally. so cool yeah yeah. What a great advocate. Yeah. So what are some challenges you've faced while homeschooling? So some challenges, I think, you know, for me as a single mother, sometimes it was like the limited time to myself. I think it's also too like my way of learning is different than my daughter's way of learning. Mm-hmm. So I think being like, okay, how can we meet in the middle? Because mm-hmm. obviously I'm the teacher, she's the student. And I have one way I like to learn, but she has her own way. So it was really just like looking at that. I think a challenge would be, you know, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work. You know, what resonated with me a lot is just sticking to consistency, like a consistent, we'll do these four books every morning and then we'll do this and then we'll go meet up with friends after that. But I think personally, it was just, you know, this being, you know, a single mother doing it all myself and then when I wasn't homeschooling, just working. Yeah. That was a little challenging, but I'm going to be honest. Like I leaned into the challenge because I know that our kids are only kids once. And these are just such sacred moments that we're able to cherish. And I noticed it really pulled me into the present moment. Like when I would get in my own head and it's like, you know, how can I be around my kid all day? It's like, no, I have the privilege to Mm. experience my child and like nurture their growth during this time you know yeah because people always say this and I used to roll my eyes like don't blink that goes by so fast but it really does they grow up so quickly and you know one day you'll just wake up and she'll be you know off on her Mm -hmm. own doing her own thing so yeah but having all these experiences to look back on and Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's very rewarding yeah a lot of it too is just like in my own head like this is challenging but wait why Like, am I telling myself a story based on how the rest of society is Mm. living? Like, and it's funny too, because Ainsley talks about like watching the school bus go by is like, you know, sometimes we didn't even start school till 11am. We're just making pancakes and Ren's helping me measure it out and count the eggs and mix everything. And like that in itself is all learning. learning, Just the beautiful ways you can weave learning into it. Or it's like, if we want to go on like a two hour nature walk that morning and get our book work done later in the day or just push it till the next day like having the freedom to do that it's so freeing but I think the challenge lies in giving yourself acceptance to be that free like can I actually be that free and just do what I want to do <laughs> yeah, like, can I yeah. actually just flow with the day and yeah not, like have a rigid schedule for every little thing yeah and it's like yeah you actually can and like you're not only just gonna do well but you're gonna like thrive mm-hmm. you know and find joy in the process so that's amazing I feel like I just remember the chaos of the morning I had two other siblings too mm-hmm. and we're all close in age just trying to get us all out ready for the bus and mm-hmm. we're all yelling at each other and yeah. like sprinting to the bus stop because yeah. the bus is already there yeah and just like having a hectic morning to start off and then you get there and then you're mm-hmm. at school and your teachers don't get 
that you just had like a crazy morning and you yeah. want to cry. Yeah. It's sad. The bus stop for my street's right in front of my house and I see the kids get on this like look out the window all, I don't know if they're tired or sad, but they yeah. look miserable. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm like, oh, how would I ever be able to do that? Yeah. But I mean, whatever works for you, if that works best for you, that works best for you. But yeah. There's a lot to think about. <laughs> and it's like trial and error, too. Yeah. Like, when I sent Ren off to kindergarten, it's like, you know, all excited, getting on the bus. And then, like, halfway through the day, I'm like, I feel empty. Mm. Because, like, when children are that young, we still have a cord attached to them. And, yes. like, I feel like it's dolphins where the babies stay with the mothers way longer than other any other mammal. And, again, like, this goes for your child, too. But I felt like... You know, Ren almost, like, needed me to nurture mm. her a little bit more before it was, like, I'm not going to see her from 8 a.m. to 4.30. Like, right. You know what I and mean? And your intuition knows best. Like, mother... Yeah. Do you feel like when you became a mother, your intuition just went crazy? Like, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like it's easier to trust, too, when you have oh, those little brown eyes looking up at you. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So what would you say to a parent who's thinking about homeschooling? I would definitely recommend, you know, that book Wild and Free I recommended and just let them know that it's going to be okay and to look into that curiosity because if you're thinking about it, you know, don't drown it out with I can't, I can't. Think about it. Think about reasons why you want to start watching things on YouTube like geared toward literally anything like get perspectives get every perspective listen to the ted talks and talk to your partner talk to your family and see if it feels like it will resonate for you and maybe if it feels like it won't resonate this year maybe it will resonate next year or maybe you can just do your research and talk about it to somebody else who might be interested and like lend a helping hand you Mm -hmm. know that's great so i know you enrolled your daughter in a small private school what influenced your decision with that Yeah, so... I know you touched upon it a little earlier, but... Yeah, so I touched upon it earlier. Um, Like I said, you know, as the world is quote-unquote back to normal or whatnot, it had to do a lot with the way the world is shifting and then with the way that I'm shifting and my daughter's shifting. She loved the homeschool meetups. Like, we would do those, I would say, at like 1 o'clock every day. Like, we kind of would meet at... Soul Homestead, which is a local farm near us, or I a just playground. Heard someone, yeah, someone just told me about that. Place. Yeah, it's a really cool place. So we just meet up and let the kids play, and like that was the favorite part of her day. She's so literally so social. Mm. Um, so she was definitely like craving that social environment, like paired with the learning environment. As she's stepping into like more of who she is, like she'll be nine next month. So wow, as she's like confident in who she is like she has her opinion and she wants these things and you know it's it's funny because like it resonated with me too because like I said one of the challenges was homeschooling and then working full-time so I can really take the space to now like work on myself Mm -hmm. and there's a few different business ventures that I can actually get more curious about rather than just be like I don't have time I don't have time so it was really just both of us having the conversation and we toured a few different schools and the one that actually ended up working out is five minutes away from my house it's third and fourth grade together and there's 10 kids in her classroom her teacher's actually also an art teacher which art's her favorite subject and it was really cool too because she actually did a summer camp for a week an art summer camp there just like to put no expectations, like just see how you like it, if you Mm -hmm. like it. And she came back and she really, 
resonated with it a lot. She met some of the kids that were also going to the school. So it just felt right. And I really, really liked the school. I love the space it's given me. And I love like the confidence that it's building in my daughter too. That's amazing. Yeah. So I know we talked a little bit about this off the mic, but Mm -hmm. you were saying how homeschooling doesn't have to be a permanent decision, Mm -hmm. right? Like, would you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah. So like I said, you know, she kind of started out in kindergarten and then we did the three years of homeschooling and now we're like flowing back to this more structure. Mm -hmm. And I really see myself like being in this structure for a year or two years. Like I would love to get my new business off the ground and just... With real estate, it's like showing up for the showings at each specific house. So just working in something that's a little bit more location-free. Like, I don't have to be there. Right. Um, So I do see myself, honestly, like, veering back to it and traveling a lot more in a couple years. But not, like, getting too attached to that. That's just kind of, like, what I see. Mm -hmm. And I'll see how Ren feels, too. Um, but I definitely feel like we will we will probably experience another year or two of homeschooling, whether that's like going back to Hawaii for a longer time or going out west for a little bit. Like I really mm-hmm. want to explore out west. Nothing is linear. Like right. everything is constantly like ebbing and flowing. And within nature itself, there's actually no such thing as a straight line. Like there's never been one straight line in nature. So So don't ever feel glued to one type of a way. Like I Mm -hmm. even told, you know, Ren, if this school doesn't work out, like we'll find a way. We'll just find a way. And that's my mindset is like, there's always going to be a way and we're always going to be happy and like finding what works best for us. And I think we can get in our own heads like, oh, what will all the homeschool families think now that I'm not? And, you know, since I created the group and everything and it's like, I think it's a perfect example to like do you whatever that looks like and whatever season that is like always stay true to you, Mm -hmm. try new things and fully embrace what resonates, not only with myself, but like with Ren too, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Because I've always thought about homeschooling too, but I do... I'm always open to obviously whatever my kids Mm -hmm. eventually when they can tell me or I can see what they need or Mm -hmm. or are called to. Yeah. You know, like I can make different decisions based on that. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely very inspiring. Yeah. And as you start to research like the different styles, like the Waldorf style, like I said, it's kind of like children within, you know, three to four year age difference. And from what I gathered, they actually start their school day off just going out into nature, doing a nature walk. And I believe it's a lot of self-guided learning. So it's like Mm. find a leaf you like and then let's go back and study that tree and when the tree has seeds and how the seeds drop. And I realized, I mean, a Waldorf education starting at kindergarten is like 15,000 and up a year. And I was just doing that myself with our homeschool community like we would meet up to do these nature walks and make projects so I know like having the title of a school it's like you feel the esteem around it right but early childhood education elementary is literally so easy Mm. that it's like just have fun like if you have the space to have fun and meet up with other people and do cool things like that and educating yourself on the different styles because you can pick things up from them too right you know but obviously some parents work Mm full-time and the Waldorf is basically a homeschool education like right there like just so holistic and really guided by the child and that leads the child to grow up curious about Mm. anything they're interested in life like Ren loves learning 
Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I love that you just are so tapped into doing you and not worrying about what society or anyone else has to say. Mm -hmm. It's just you and your daughter paving the way for your own life. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. And there's people (laughs) before me that paved that way and I'm helping pave the way for some people. And right. You're such a a big example to me. So thank you. Yeah. I'm glad we had this conversation. I know you'll help a lot of other people, even if homeschooling doesn't resonate with you. And I mean, some kids love going to school Mm and going on the school bus and doing that whole thing. But you know, I lost my train of thought because I'm pregnant and my pregnancy (laughs) brain is going (laughs) crazy. But, you know, you just find what resonates with you. And I think one of the biggest takeaways, at least I've gotten from this conversation, is to, you know, follow your heart and go what's aligned with you and Mm -hmm. not what the rest of society is, you know, projecting. Mm -hmm. One more question is, what's Ren's feedback about homeschool versus private school? So Ren's feedback, private school versus homeschool, um, I've really seen a difference, not a difference in her, but a difference is like when I was a kid, because she'll come home and like want to practice learning French for like, she'll sit there for like an hour on the computer and like learn French and like write sentences. And I'm just like, I would never come home and do that. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So it's just like this curiosity that like she genuinely loves learning because it's always been fun and it's always just been life. Mm. And now that she's in the school in third grade, there's so many cool different subjects they're learning about and she'll get in the car and talk to me about everything they did that day. So mm-hmm. I was never like that as a kid because school was always like, like you said, rush yeah. out the door, <laughs> yeah. like, you gotta do homework, you gotta do this. But like forming the early eight years of just like really nurturing every curiosity, everything and like some things might resonate, some things might not. And like now she knows that. Oh, I really like learning about this, this, not so much. Like Mm -hmm. not just umbrella hating learning about everything. Right. And she loves being with the kids like all day. She's so confident in herself now and she's making friends and the teachers are so nice and she loves the class size. Like I think there's 60 kids total in the school and she loves that because at the public school there was like 30 kids in her class. And she did not like it, but I would go into volunteer and like the kids did get lost in the wave a little bit of everything. I think just that intimate connection with the teacher where the teacher can actually get to like know each kid individually. Mm. And like, you know, for third grade, they're doing like subtraction and stuff. And the teacher sent home a paper and it was like multiplication. And she was like, oh, Ren asked me to print this out so she could do it. She did great and like left a note on the paper Mm. because it's like small classes and they have the space to do that and like nurture what each kid wants to do and be like, okay, you want to do that? Like here, you know, have fun doing multiplication. (laughs) So yeah, it's been really cool to see and it's only week two, but I feel like I also just have like so much time for myself as well. Yeah. So it's making me like a better mother. And this year I really see us, you know, both sticking to the schedule, like the school schedule is great and then she has soccer practice on Friday nights and a soccer game on the weekend and like I'm getting into my own practices and it's just blossoming really beautifully yeah that's amazing yeah I'm so excited to see what you do at this time yeah well thank you so much for coming on yeah thank you (laughs) for talking to me about this and obviously if anyone has questions I'm happy to talk or you know zoom or meet up in person and talk about it more yeah thank you guys for listening 
I am feeling so inspired from that conversation with Allie. I love how she gracefully transitions with the ebbs and flows of life and makes her daughter's education decisions with her daughter. I think taking into consideration our children's unique desires and personalities is so important, as well as just stopping and taking inventory of how they evolve as humans over time, and then perhaps reconsidering how you were doing things in the past, whether it's with their education, extracurriculars, or beyond. So I just love how Allie keeps that conversation open with her daughter and they uncover all the lifestyle shifts that will benefit the both of them. If you would like to connect with Allie more, all of her info is in the show notes as well as the incredible resources she has shared. She is truly such an inspiration. Her wisdom has been such a huge influence on a lot of my growth over the past year, and I am so grateful for our growing friendship. So highly recommend you go give her a follow if you desire more inspiration and high vibrational content on your feed. She also has a website you can check out in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for listening to the Mindset Mama podcast. If you loved this episode, send it to a friend or a family member who you think would benefit from hearing it. Also, I love when you share these episodes on your stories and tag me at MindsetMama underscore. And I just love connecting with you on there. So thank you again so much for listening and I will see you in the next episode.